Welcome to Spend, Donate, Invest. This is a podcast where you'll find short episodes on how we might use our money in realistic ways that line up with our personal values and the type of world we'd like to create. Maybe your thing is climate change or poverty. Maybe it's the gender pay gap or reproductive freedom. You can choose your own values. The idea here is that you'll get some suggestions on lining up your money and your values. We talk about where you shop, where you're investing, and even where you keep your cash. Today, someone wrote in about how we might use our money in response to gun violence in our country. You can send in whatever question you've been thinking about. I'd love to chat about it and share some resources that might send you in the right direction to achieve the world that you think should exist. One note before we get started today, I've heard from listeners that listen with their children, and there isn't any adult language in today's episode, but the topic might not be right for your kids depending on their age. So listen on your own first and then decide. Here's this week's letter. When I was growing up, I knew a few friends' dads that had guns, but they were old hunting rifles that had been passed down. This was out in the country, so hunting deer was just what some of them did for fun. I don't know when it happened, but it seems like our country has been flooded with guns meant to harm people. I'm really concerned about this. I've heard you talk about climate change and poverty and homelessness on your show, but I've never heard you talk about guns. What do you think? Can our money help with gun violence? Thanks to the listener that sent in this question. You know, money very much is behind the gun problem in America. And I think, like we all know, most Americans are in favor of a lot more gun control, but our politicians are just not willing to meet us where we are. And the reason why is because, you know, it comes down to the huge financial donations that they're getting from the gun lobby. So like a a lot of listeners, I started following the kids who survived the Parkland, Florida school shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. And I think we all remember they organized quickly. They started to use their voices to demand change. They started March for Our Lives, and they've been organizing ever since for the past four years. I'm going to include their link in the show notes. They're at marchforourlives.com. But they're always raising money. They do a lot of different things with it. For example, they have registered a lot of voters, especially young voters, which is wonderful. They've organized demonstrations for sure. You probably saw the demonstrations this summer with the largest ever gun violence protest ever in U.S. history. I think that was the one that they organized right after the shooting at their school. Um, And lately, I've seen that they're advancing the conversation to take a step back and look at gun violence holistically in America. And in fact, one thing they're doing is they're decentralizing whiteness in the discussion about gun violence. They're talking about diverting resources towards the students who are helping to fight gun violence in Black, Latinx, and Indigenous communities. In other words, communities where when gun violence happens there— it isn't typically reported as unexpected or unacceptable. 
So that's a group you could think about supporting financially. That's March for Our Lives. There are other organizations, too. For example, Guns Down America. This was started by a guy named Igor Volsky. He worked at the Center for American Progress. It's a think tank that was founded about 20 years ago in response to the right-wing groups like the Heritage Foundation, um, which has a lot of influence in American politics and has had a lot of influence for decades. Anyway, he worked there before he founded Guns Down America, and they have a very different approach than the March for Our Lives group we just talked about a few minutes ago. Guns Down America's view tends to be this. Most Americans support gun reform, so we need to find specific ways to hold politicians accountable. In the past, they've chosen very specific strategies, for example, getting Walmart to sell fewer guns or ending the NRA's insurance program. This is crazy. Um, you know, you said you grew up at least somewhat exposed to gun culture, so maybe you already know about this. I didn't. But the NRA partnered with insurance companies to provide what gun, Guns Down America calls murder insurance. I, you can't make this stuff up. Murder insurance, and that's for gun owners who say they shot someone for self-defense. You know, the stand your ground type of argument. So Guns Down America put pressure on the insurance companies that partnered with the NRA for this, and it seems like they were effective. So on this show, we talk about our money and how we want it to be used in line with our values. Guns Down America has studied the largest banks in our country and given them ratings. Guns Down America has studied the banks in our country to see how much business they're doing with the NRA and its lobbyists. You can look at the scores for your bank at isyourbankloaded.org. So again, that's isyourbankloaded.org. And of course, I'll include the link in the show notes. The highest scoring bank is Citi. They score a B. And so that's a decent grade, um, not amazing, but that's the highest score that I saw on this website. They don't finance the NRA, so that's one thing they have going in their favor. And then they've made some decisions um, to a policy about not engaging with the gun industry. However, they have provided money to some NRA-backed lawmakers. On the other end of the spectrum, of course, is Wells Fargo. Not the first time we've talked about Wells Fargo on the show. I'm saying, of course, because if you heard episode 30 about how to evaluate whether your bank lines up with your values, Wells Fargo was flagged there, too. So if you look at this Guns Down America evaluation, they're scoring Wells Fargo as an F because they provided, <laughs> get ready for this, $471 million in financing for the gun industry. I'm going to say that again. Wells Fargo has provided half a billion dollars in financing to the gun industry. They have also supported top NRA-backed lawmakers with their own money as well. So that's sort of the approach that Guns Down America tends to take. They choose something very specific that they're trying to change, usually tied to money. The NRA murder insurance, the banks financing the gun industry, Walmart selling guns, those sorts of things. And then they focus on those very specific items. So that could be another option if you're looking to put money into that organization. It's small, but seems to be getting a lot done. Or, you know, you could switch banks. 
if you look up your bank score on isyourbankloaded.org and it's higher than you'd like. Here's a third one. This is a, another very different approach. It's called Sandy Hook Promise. This one was started by a couple of parents of kids who were killed at Sandy Hook Elementary School. And it seems like their main focus is educating kids and parents to know the signs to prevent violence. I'm going to link their site as well. It's sandyhookpromise.org. So already you're seeing a few different approaches to this movement against gun violence in America. I'm sure there are more. In today's episode, there have been some glaring omissions. So when we talk about gun violence, it's important to know what we're talking about. Half of gun deaths come from suicide. We have not even discussed this today. When we talk about non-suicide shootings in the U.S., more than 360 people are shot every day and survive at least long enough to make it to the hospital. That's 360 people a day, every day. In a week, that's well over 2,000 people getting shot in America and surviving. People of color are way overrepresented in the number of people getting killed by guns every year in America. I'm not going to sit here and pretend the reason we haven't changed our gun culture and policies is because of lack of data. But I do think that data is important. And if that's something you want to fund, you could also consider going at the problem that way. So... Those are some ways to think about the intersection of our money and the guns in America to recap. The cash we have sitting in our checking and savings accounts are sometimes being used to finance the gun industry. You could consider changing banks. You can also consider donating to organizations that are funny, that are fighting the gun violence epidemic in very different ways. We talked about some groups that are organizing voter registration drives, educational campaigns, some policy groups. You could also look at suicide prevention groups, intimate partner violence protection groups. There are just so many opportunities to help. And after all, what's the alternative? We're not going to give up. This is too important. So thank you for joining today's discussion. Today's question was about money and guns, but you might have a totally different question. Maybe you've been thinking about your investments, how you've been shopping, something else entirely about your money and your values. Please feel free to drop a note and you just might hear an episode about it soon. You can email the show at spenddonateinvest at gmail.com. I'll include that address in the show notes. There's a very easy to scroll website for the show at spenddonateinvest.world, W-O-R-L-D. Check it out. Please share this episode with someone else who is looking for ways to fight the gun violence epidemic in America. Thanks to those of you who have left reviews for the show and the buy me a coffee link is still up. This is a website. It's kind of like Patreon where you can chip in the cost of a coffee. In my case, it'll go towards getting a microphone and paying for website hosting and audio engineer, all that sort of stuff. So that's it for today. Let's talk again soon. 